Hello and welcome back to the Music Wing Podcast, Episode 3. Um, I am, as always, Matt Harden, Director of Instrumental Music at Hanover High School. I'm Michael Wake. I'm the Director of Choral Activities at Middle School and High School. I'm Colin Fahey, the Director of Drama at Hanover High School. I'm Isabel Garland. I'm a student teacher from UMass Amherst. Welcome back, everyone. And uh, it, as we were just saying before we got on here, um, it, it's a highlight of our, our week to share this time with you. So thank you for tuning in. Um, first of all, just some updates uh, and announcements as we go through uh, the, the week. Um, Virtual Band 3, Stars and Stripes Forever, is uh, coming to a uh, conclusion point this week. So uh, if you can get in your videos by the end of the day on Friday, April 24th, and uh, you can check out bit.ly slash virtualband3 for all the details. Uh, also from the band world, uh, note, um, we mentioned this last week, but composer Steve Danu has released three videos about his uh, process for composing uh, his new piece that hopefully will be premiered this summer at the South Shore Conservatory. And Hanover is part of the uh, school consortium that is uh, making that happen. So please check those out. They are on our Facebook page, and I will try to link them to the Google Classrooms as well. Too cool. Thanks, Matt. A um, couple of updates from drama. Um, try not to take up too much time here, friends. Uh, but a few things. So I've brought up the Digital Drama Club, which was created by our uh, president of the Drama Club, Ebor Julia Cross. Uh, I had actually brought up that I was going to be teaching a workshop at some point. Right now, the schedule is to have uh, have a, have me teach a Meisner workshop on Thursday. That would be this Thursday, meaning tomorrow, which is the 23rd. Um, I will keep you all posted with that sort of information, and uh, I'm very excited to be a part of this. The Digital Drama Club, again, is set up through Instagram, and if you just search that, you should be able to find their page easily. Um, a few other things that are going on, uh, lots of student work. Uh, one of our seniors, Peter Bell, and a few other students from Hanover and other uh, places around the area have gotten together to put together what's going to be called Monday Night Mood, which is a uh, Zoom-led sketch show uh, with a couple of different long and short-form sketches, interviews. Uh, it's really a cool thing that they're starting to put together, and uh, they're looking for anybody who'd be interested in participating. That's people who are interested in writing. That's people who are interested in acting in it. That's people who are just interested in being a part of it whatsoever. So if you are interested, please reach out to Peter Bell, or you can reach out to me and I can forward that information along to them. It's a really cool thing that they're going to be doing, and we'll keep you guys posted on that. I believe the first one is supposed to be this upcoming Monday, and they've asked me to come on as a interview guest, which I'm very excited for. Uh, one other thing, just a shout out to uh, our buddy James Kedra, who uh, hit me up yesterday about building a model for our theater. Uh, he was inspired by seeing a scenic designer create a model for a large scale production of Sweeney Todd. And he hit me up yesterday and was like, hey, can I get the dimensions? And I just wanted to say I'm, uh, I'm very excited to hear that so many of our students are continuing to 
not only collaborate, but just create in general. Uh, it's really an amazing thing to see how resilient you guys can be. And more importantly, it's inspirational for all of us who have been working with you directly for so long uh, to see you guys sort of pick up the ball and run with it. So long story short, lots of kudos to all of those students for continuing that stuff. And if you ever have any questions about anything that's going on drama-wise in relation to that, uh, just uh, hit me up, shoot me an email. I love staying in touch with you guys. The last thing that I'm going to put out for the Drama Club is um, later on this week, I will be putting out two different Google Forms. One of them will be uh, in relation to the virtual play reading, which I've talked about in the past two podcasts now. Um, I'm going to put out an official Google Form just to get some numbers. We really want to try to push this sooner rather than later. Uh, so uh, keep an eye out for that. I'm going to make that available on just about every Google Classroom that I have uh, jurisdiction over. And uh, if for some reason you can't find the link to that, please hit me up. Also, the Drama Club will be putting out a Google form in relation to end of the year superlatives for the entire club. This is something that um, I'm working with uh, Mr. Harden and Mr. Wade on in relation to what we want to do with end of the year stuff uh, for all of you kids. Because again, uh, we really have had a fantastic year. And it's one of those things where uh, no matter what's going on, we want to just continually applaud and congratulate and acknowledge the individuals that are just really doing some above and beyond work. And um, uh, we're very proud to sort of be a part of that. But whew, lots and lots of words. Uh, that's it for drama, y'all. All right. Uh, thank you for for that update. And uh, and thanks for all of you for for continuing to do all of the amazing independent and collaborative work that you are doing. I, I can tell you as a teacher who's sitting virtually on the other side of the screen after seeing your work, it is so valuable and so rewarding to see um, you know, your face on a Flipgrid video or to hear your voice or to see your words. Um, it means the world when you, uh, when you turn in that work. Uh, and it's not even just the work. It's just the fact that we get to interact with you. So from a teacher standpoint, thank you for continuing to do that and for uh, finding new and interesting ways to, to be creative. So... Um, Everybody heard the the news yesterday that uh, we are in fact in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts closed now for the remainder of the school year um, through June 19th. Um, and we had already planned on doing sort of a, a topic about, about self-care. How are we taking care of ourselves and each other during this? Um, so I think it's even more appropriate to, to kind of delve into that a little bit today. So uh, we know there's probably a, a lot of mixed emotions out there. Um, most of us are, are you know, kind of still processing it maybe at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, we're going to try to talk you through some some things that have have worked for us in terms of, of navigating this. And, uh, you know, maybe in a future pod, we can we can include some of your voices in this process as well. Uh, cause we'd love to hear from you and how you're, you know, managing and surviving. Um, so first of all, um, let's just kind of go around. Uh, how are you guys, uh, sort of processing the news that we heard yesterday? I mean, there's so much going on in my head right now. Um, like <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Um, it was actually really, really wonderful. I had 
uh, a chance to meet with a lot of the students in Vox last night. We did a video chat um, and just to sort of talk about that experience with them, um, sort of what they're going through and our end of the year plans now. Um, it, it was it was really, really beautiful because uh, just just to have that shared camaraderie again and to see everyone's faces um, kind of put things in a really beautiful perspective again because uh, it's so that's what we miss the most is that connection, that sense of connection, the sense of music making and uh, any chance to be in front of people again and just make those human connections right now is really kind of everything. And that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. <laughs> Uh, my friends and I have a, a group chat, and so we were messaging each other when, like, watch. We were all watching it live. Um, we were just all kind of bummed. Uh, one of my friends actually got out her recorder and played "Pop and Circumstance" on the recorder, uh, which brought a little bit of a light mood <laughs> back to kind of a a sad topic. Um, and we all we all understand why. Um, I think we're just sort of bummed because a few of us. Um, including myself, if we had reopened in May, would have come back, um, even though our student teaching would have ended when we graduated. Um, like, I still would have come back and tried to do as many days as possible uh, just to get the experience. So we're all kind of bummed, but we have each other, so we're we're getting through. Yeah, I would completely agree with both of y'all. Um, I mean, it, it, long story short, none of it is ideal. And I know that I've said this before where um, nobody wanted this to happen. And uh, it, it's one of those things that I think everybody's sort of handling differently. But to just sort of go off of what uh, m what what you guys had said, Mike and Isabel, is uh, uh, the sense of connection. And um, I actually, uh, there was a moment yesterday where we were talking to some seniors and checking in on everybody and seeing how it was going. And a few of them brought up this idea of uh, we'll never see each other again. And um, I'd just like to take this moment to just acknowledge, and it's not even just seniors, it's predominantly for seniors, but this is for all high school students uh, that are sort of dealing with this at the moment. Um, connection is what gets you through, guys. And uh you know, I, I, I'm 28 years old and uh, my roommate that I have has been a great friend of mine since middle school. We've continuously been in bands together and played music. And over the past, you know, uh, 10 or some odd years, we've stayed in touch and we continue to uh, uh, stay connected with each other. And, you know, especially these days, I'm reaching out to folks who I haven't talked to in a very long time just to make that connection and continue to keep that connection. And I guess that's all I really want to get across to you guys is that the people who really matter in your life are the people that you you want to dedicate energy and time towards and you want to stay connected with. And, um, you know, if we all support each other, we'll we'll do the best that we can to get through this. And uh, another thing to just bring up is, you know, try not to be too hard on yourselves during this time. Um, you know, this is clearly unprecedented in the sense that none of us are prepared. None of us have ever really dealt with this before. Um, so take it one day at a time. And if you want to be sad, you can be sad. And if you want to be upset and angry, you can do that as long as you're not hurting anybody. And, um, you know, if you want to be happy and try to find the lighter stuff, that's a great aspect of it, too. And I think uh, I think we can all agree that um, being artists, whether it be musicians, visual art, theater artists, that sort of thing, 
we are more inclined to put our emotions out there directly, whether it be through uh, performing something or through just being more of an open uh, person. So uh, in this whole entire process, stay positive as best as we can. And, um, you know, uh, I know that we would all agree in saying that we're here for all of you. And uh, the, that connection is what's going to keep us all in a really good place. Man, I just rambled on that for a minute. My bad. <laughs> it's all good stuff. It is yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> so I would say, um, you know, uh, from our, st from my standpoint, um, you know, feel what you feel, what you need to feel and, and process it in your own time. You know, I mean, uh, as, as someone who tends to process things much later than the immediate moment, um, I'm sure like the wave of everything that happened yesterday will hit me probably in a few days and it is going to be really rough. Um, you know, a lot of us tend to like kind of operate in damage control and um, and sort of like triage things and try to make things happen um, in the moment. And then eventually we, we end up catching up with ourselves. So however you process it, just know that it's OK. It is absolutely OK. And, um, you know, none of us are, are psychologists. None of us are professional, um, you know, therapists in any way. But you know, part of being a teacher is, is kind of learning how to navigate these things. So, you know, I, before we get into some more specific things, just, you know, if you're having trouble, please Absolutely. reach out to someone that you trust. Um, you know, uh, you know, we, we are all here for you. Uh, all of your teachers, all of the staff, um, you know, you have a network of support that, you know, you, hopefully there's someone that you can go to if you're feeling particularly down about something, you know, um, you know, just, just say the word and, and we'll, we'll be there for you. So, um, a couple of things as we, as we start to process these things that can help. Um, and these are sort of like quarantine, you know, specific things, but they're, they're good things for life, I think too. Um, one thing that I've found helpful is to, to make a schedule, <laughs> um, even if it deviates a little bit during the day, um, structure is really important. Um, because if you think about how school is set up, you know, we have bells to tell us when to leave and when to get up and when to do this. And, um, you know, having some structure for yourself, whether it's, you know, I'm going to get up and I'm going to, uh, go for a walk or I'm going to take the dog out or I'm going to, you know, pet the cat, whatever it is. Um, have some sort of schedule. I don't yeah, know if that's I been helpful for you guys. It's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Go, go uh, Mr. So Ward, schedule, I, I, I definitely do follow a schedule. It's very, very loose schedule for me. Like it's, I, I might wake up, wake up <laughs> and I have like, all right, I definitely want to read like a chapter of this book and like, I'd love to cook lunch today. And uh, that's like sort of like, <laughs> you know, like obviously there's more things than that. But some days, you know, it's just doing a couple, a couple things and just like making sure you follow through on getting those couple things done, so you can be like, I did something today, and you know, what? I feel good about that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, um, it, it's funny uh, when we first got the word that we were going to be out of school for a little bit. Um, I immediately like made a 
daily to-do lists that had like, which uh, those of you who know me know I'm the king of to-do lists and post-its and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I made a big old to-do list that was like, you know, wake up at a reasonable time, uh, uh, you know, take a shower, you idiot. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, um, uh, have one to two solid meals during the day, uh, go outside for 10 to 15 minutes, read a book for a half an hour. And, you know, I'm human. So I'll be honest in saying that I haven't necessarily stuck to the schedule every single day. But in the moments when I'm sort of sitting around being like, wow, I'm really not doing anything. I go back to that list. And a lot of times I'll pick up a book or I'll grab my guitar and then all of a sudden, you know, you're able to kill some time in a positive way. So yeah. And I definitely agree with you, Mr. Wade. It's the little victories y'all. Like, I mean, if you get up and you're able to make like a really good cup of coffee in the morning, mm -hmm. dude, congratulations. Like it's that's it. it. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. So, um, uh, I said this once before and it's something that my, uh, it, it's something that my aunt always said to me, which is just, um, uh, she would say, all you have to do is show up. And, uh, that's sort of one of my favorite things that I even say to myself a lot, a lot of mornings at this point, especially when things are tough, y'all is just show up, just try it. It, it, it. All you have to do is just show up for the day and get one thing done that will make you sort of feel good about yourself and then try to be spontaneous if you can. I, I hope it's okay that I'm sort of rolling into the next thing here, but yeah, it's like structure for sure. At the same time, it's just like, try to find some opportunities to, to do something fun when you can. Like, um, <laughs> I, I pulled out my N64 like two weeks ago and it's been my godsend like every day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you have to, you have to have, some kind of you know plan maybe but it's also important to deviate from the plan i know it sounds counterintuitive but yeah exactly exactly um so uh one of the things that i heard this week um i was listening to uh, a radio program and they were talking about the power of gratitude as an emotion um, gratitude is one of the most powerful emotions that we can experience because it embodies joy and empathy at the same time. Uh, so one of the things that I heard as a suggestion of like trying to get through self-isolation and all of the things that we're doing is, uh, to try to find a way to be grateful. Um, and you know, it can be really, really small things. Like I am so grateful that I have a roof over my head right now, or I am really grateful that, you know, sh you know, I might be, I might be in quarantine right now, but at least I, you know, I can pet my dog uh, or I'm really grateful that I slept in this morning and I'm feeling a little bit better. Find something that you can be grateful for. And um, I think it really does change your frame of mind. I've been really trying to find at least one or two things that I'm, you know, thankful or grateful for every day just to kind of start things off. Yeah, I did. Um, I've started a thing on my Instagram. I'm going to start it today where on my story, I just shout out one friend that I think is a great person um, that I love and has been a good friend to me and just kind of like share a picture with them and shout out, be like, hey, Alex or hey, Sean, I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate you as a friend. 
Um, and I've been texting people too every so often, but I wanted to make sure I did something every day um, so that, you know, my friends know that I'm thinking about them during this time. And especially because I, I miss people too. And it makes me feel better to reach out and spread some positivity. And also people don't always don't always realize how wonderful they are. So it's, it's good to remind people. That's so incredibly <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I completely agree. It's sort of like, um, you know, again, it's like you want to reach out to individuals that you want to stay in touch with. The connection is definitely something that keeps your spirits up. It'll keep other folks around you, uh, their spirits up as well. Um, and yeah, it, 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 every once in a while, it's just that one thing. Uh, it, it's just one thing that you can sort of find uh, that you are grateful for. And I mean, you know, for the most part, we all have our health. So that's a really good place to start is like we can all just sort of essentially wake up every day and say, okay, we're, we're healthy, we're doing fine. And uh, that's something to be grateful for. And it can be something as big as that, or it can be something as little as like, you know, I'm grateful for uh, these socks that I just uh, put through the laundry and they're super warm. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't have to be anything um, monumental, uh, uh, at least. It, it can always just be something that you're just uh, grateful to have in your life Absolutely. at this moment. And the, the thing you will realize, the more you find these gratitudes in your everyday life, it works like compounding interest. It just keeps giving you this feeling of just just sheer just like thankfulness and joy and like even just these little little things you'd be amazed it, it, it changes your mindset completely i cannot i, lo I love that we're talking about this because it's something that i try to experience in my life every day as well and it's really changed my perspective a lot of days when i've had a really 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 maybe poor start to the day just by changing it around and starting with one positive thing really really big impact yeah, and not, uh, not to detract in any way, but it's funny, I was texting with a, a different friend of mine who's also an educator the other day. And um, I think if anything, uh, uh, just to sort of take it off of what you were just saying, Mr. Wade, it's perspective. If there's anything that we can all take away from all of this is that it's just like gain some perspective on yourself, gain some perspective for other individuals that may be going through other things gain some perspective on how the world functions, how you fit into it. You know, you don't have to spin yourself out of control on the idea, but it's like, I always think that personally to gain perspective and to have understanding in relation to other people is a better way to figure out yourself. And it keeps you level headed, uh, level headed. It keeps you humble. Um, yeah, definitely not to, not to detract in any way. Yeah. You know, and I think, um, I, I, uh, we, the boys and I just rewatched the entire uh, Harry Potter uh, series, and oh, nice! I, I, uh, one of the things Fantastic. that I love about about <laughs> Harry Potter is the idea of the Patronus, and I think that's what gratitude is. It's like finding that positive memory and something that has to be really strong, you know, like something that really connects with you, and that dispels the darkness. and And I think like that's a metaphor for what we're talking about. Um, imagine like, you know, there, there's like, <laughs> there's a lot of dementors around us right now, right? There's, you know, there's, there's, there's loneliness, there's the, the uh, you know, the, the virus itself. There's a lot of these things that are scary. And, and if we can find a way to, to empathize and be grateful, I think that's a powerful Patronus against what's on the outside. Um, that's perfect. Um, 
the uh, the uh, some other things that I I kind of came across this week that I we wanted to share with you all is uh, the importance of maybe unplugging from the news a little bit. And um, if you're going to get your news, um, you know, one of the things that they recommended is maybe maybe listen to the news on on the radio or on a podcast and maybe not watch it. Because, you know, the way that our brains process video and imagery are much more dynamic than the way that we process the, the way that we listen. So, I mean, if you're seeing constant images of people in masks and respirators and, and you know, protesting and all of the things that are going on right now, it can be really, really overwhelming for your brain. So sometimes, you know, you want to stay informed, you want to know what's going on, but sometimes unplugging the, the video aspect of that can be a, a good thing. I completely agree. Um, yeah, it's. It, I think if anything, or what I've been trying to sort of phrase it as in my mind, and um, uh, let me know what you guys think, is this idea of balance. And again, it's like um, I try to use it similarly with like, um, like, like, like binge watching Netflix or something. It's like if I crank through like an hour and a half of Netflix, I say to myself, okay, you've been staring at this TV for an hour and a half. Let's do something else and let's gear the brain towards some other form of you know uh, i don't want to say just necessarily entertainment but it's something i also think about with the news is that it's just like all i will take in the appropriate amount of news daily to keep myself abreast of what's going on and and to be informed and all that sort of stuff but it all does get a get to a point um and uh, I, I almost want to come back to that idea of like um, uh, not being too hard on yourself because it's just like it's it's very easy in this time where uh, social media sort of runs everything. It's very easy to get locked in just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and, and oh, did you see this thing? Did you see that thing? It's like it's it's OK if you're not absolutely up to date as information comes in. Um, try not to put too much pressure on yourself, I think would be the way that I'd say it, or at least the way that I've sort of been doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that the, <laughs> the more that you can get away from the news or at least keep the news in very, very finite perspective and do other things, um, get what you need and then just go on and live your life, I think the better. And for me personally, that has been enjoying hobbies that I can share with other people. Um, specifically, <laughs> I like that segue there. And specifically, <laughs> it's um, cooking. Cooking has been a really great, great experience during this whole time. Um, if you're like me, uh, I am not a great cook. I am pretty. I was pretty awful <laughs> for a long portion of my life, um, <laughs> and I. Uh, I never really found joy in the act of cooking, which is probably the biggest hindrance for me ever starting cooking, just because it just was too big a task for me to try to overcome. I hated it, didn't see the point in doing it, and I had someone in my life that was really good at it, so I just make him do it. <laughs> but, but in this time of freedom that we have, um, we... Uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, different like videos online. Specifically, I want to give a huge shout out to Bon Appetit. Uh, if you have not seen any of their videos online, like they are 
So awesome. um, they have this like wonderful crew of people Fabulous. that just go along and they're there for you, the home cook. Just you can make anything you want along with them. They'll take you step by step to show you what it looks like. And they're all beautiful people who are happy to just like laugh and joke and be like, hey, you know what? If this goes wrong, no worries. And more often than not, it has gone wrong with me, so I feel really validated. <laughs> so it's it's really great. It's a positive experience all around, would highly recommend. Um, also, oh, in the formats and just it. in this topic, really quickly, um, if you have not read uh, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat by Samin Nasrat, really, really great resource for just putting a whole sort of um, framework together for how great cooking goes and the commonalities between every single great dish. Um, and she's got a little Netflix series, too, that you can watch, which is really insightful. Mm, love it. There's a great, um, for those of you who have uh, cable, there's a, a great network that is sort of geared towards this called Create. And it's uh, by the uh, WGBH. So it's like a PBS station, but it's all geared towards like uh, hobby stuff. So there's like gardening and there's cooking and um, travel and all this stuff. So, you know, sometimes <laughs> my wife and I will just like put that on and watch it for hours just because it's like a great, escape and then you get inspired to do something like for me not sewing but maybe for somebody like knitting or sewing or whatever um <laughs> you know but uh you know it's got everything from like this old house to uh you know cooking shows to whatever so and it's it's free i think um because it's pbs so check that out too well i love uh mr wade's segue it was very smooth very candid um uh um, do we do we want to go around? So, like, um, uh, just to comment uh, off of what Mr. Wade said with his cooking, uh, we have had the opportunity of seeing Mr. Wade do some cooking via Zoom calls, and uh, the guy knows what he's doing in the oh, kitchen. Yeah. He's really oh, doing yeah. some. Oh, I could boil <laughs> a pot of pasta like nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> that water, that water is not going to boil itself, Mikey. That's for sure. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I completely agree. And maybe we can, maybe we can all just sort of go around and talk about, um, uh, a hobby that we're sort of doing. Like, for example, um, uh, I, I used to do a lot more writing than I have, uh, for the past couple years. And over the past couple weeks, I've written, uh, I don't know, I can't even count, but like so many different things. And I feel like I've had the, um, ability to tap into that uh stuff that maybe you're really interested in but that uh you know a normal time frame does not always allow you to do i mean obviously i'm i'm here with uh three fantastic musicians so i'm sure that's something that uh all you guys have been doing as well but i i will also say that it's just like my guitar has uh come out of its case for the first time in a couple months so that has been really nice as well but uh what about you guys uh, I've gotten to the point again um, that I haven't gotten to since middle school where I'm so invested in a book where I have to walk around the house while I'm reading because oh, I have to best. know what happens. <laughs> in, like, middle school, I remember like if I loved a book so much, I'd like walk down the hall between classes and read it um, because I just had to know what happened. And I reread The Hunger Games, which I'll, I'll talk about um, later. And, like, nothing else mattered until I finished the book series. Uh, I just had to be – I was reading all the time, like, especially during the afternoons, too, which is good because it cut down on my video game consumption. 
Uh, but it's good. <laughs> I haven't been this like into reading in so long, and now I'm like, all right, on to the next book. So that's that's been the hobby I've started up again. I have a, a couple. Um, I've been uh, rediscovering drawing with um, my son Adam, and uh, you know we've been doing like an hour long drawing uh, session during our day. Um, I love this. And uh, we we so it, it's the highlight of both awesome. of our days, honestly. Like you know, just taking time and just drawing. Um, so that's number one. And and the second one is I've been sort of keeping since we since we've been on closure, I've been keeping sort of a informal coronavirus diary just so that i remember all of the things that i've been feeling and things that have been happening um at times i've read i've gone back and read it and it's kind of super depressing but um you know it, it's it, it's sort of like uh what what colin was saying it's nice to it's nice to get back to writing again and i haven't done it in in so long um other absolutely other than like writing emails and sort of more technical writing um <laughs> but but like to to kind of freely kind of write and write from the heart is is uh very therapeutic absolutely no i i want uh, i i definitely uh, it's just it, I, I, the way that you phrase that was perfect do stuff from the heart y'all if there's anything that you know that you really enjoy doing, even if you don't feel like you want to do it, something tells me that if you sit down and invest yourself in it for even like five minutes, it's going to make you feel better. I know it does for me and I'm sure it does for you guys too. So, um, you know, kind of moving in, in a new direction, uh, there's a couple of things that I, I also found out this week or, you know, kind of researched in preparation for this. Um that will also kind of help us. And some of them are just acknowledgement things. Uh, first of all, acknowledging that human beings aren't really designed to be isolated and in a hyper anxious state all the time. And we kind of have this perfect storm right now where, you know, a lot of our traditional coping mechanisms, whether it's like hanging out in the, in the music wing, not virtually, uh, or whether it's playing music together or whether it's, uh, you know, going out and grabbing a cup of coffee at Dunkin' Donuts, looking at you, Colin. Um, you know, hey, <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of our like typical coping mechanisms aren't available to us. And that makes it really, really difficult. And it also makes us really, really tired at the same time. Um, and, you know, it's sort of like uh, the way that the um, the individual that I was hearing on this interview was talking, you know, he's like, it's sort of, a dichotomy because you're thinking, why am I so tired when I'm just in the house? And, mm, you know, yeah. I, I think we've all talked about that at, at one point or another um, throughout this process. And, you know, some of that is, is because of, you know, the way that your brain makes decisions when, when you're home, like every, your brain doesn't distinguish between big decisions and small decisions. And when we're in school, we're constantly making decisions, but it's in a very different format. So, um, and the other thing that I, I kind of found out, um, you know, in, in looking at different materials is that, I don't know if you've got, you guys have experienced this. How many of you are, are tired after a zoom call? Oh my God. Exhausting. Oh my God. So extremely, yeah. so extremely. It turns out there's like some psychological reasoning behind that. And that, um, when you're talking in a conversation, 
um, there are social cues that we pick up on. We know when people are looking at us. We know when people are like waiting for us to respond. We know when, um, you know, like there's all of these little subtleties of communication and Zoom takes all of those away and we are constantly feeling like we're being watched. <laughs> yes. So when if you, if, wow. if you think about it that way, it's exhausting. It's like, you know, it's like being on camera all the time. And if you're doing multiple Zoom calls a day, it's it, it is very psychologically exhausting. So give yourself a little grace on that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I was going to I was going to say um just sort of going off of that, um I know that I've had conversation and we've had conversation uh with um certain students that are in AP psych and it was one of the first things that I brought up to them is I was just like, "Yo, are you guys like talking about this, you should be talking about this because I mean, it's a aspect of the human psyche that I think that we're all dealing with, whether we've dealt with it before or not, we're all dealing with it now. And we're all trying to sort of handle it as best as we can, just this idea of isolation. And, um, you know, it's been proven that humans need not only just physical contact, but, um, you know, remote contact with individuals, with other humans to, you know, stay sane and be considered quote unquote healthy. So none of this is actually ideal for us at all. Um, and I would completely agree. I mean, you know, on some of my more busy days, we'll clock like, I'll clock like two or three Zoom calls, maybe three or four throughout the course of an entire day. And I end up like having to take a nap at like 2 p.m. Oh my God, yes. And I'm like, what is, yeah, I'm like, what, I'm like, what is wrong with you, dude? Like it, you need to like, and then I think to myself like, you know, oh, maybe I'm not drinking enough coffee. Maybe I'm not getting enough sleep. And it's just like, no, nah, I think it's that we are using so many different aspects of our awareness that we don't usually use and that's what makes us tired or I don't know. I, I, what do you guys think? I, I feel like that's what it is for me is that I'm not used to being this on when I'm at home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't imagine working from home after this. I, I, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> um, especially if I don't have a space. Dedicated exactly. Like for right, like right now I'm in the room that I'm staying in, like where I sleep and it's, there's like no other place I can go. And so I, I feel I like everything is like intermingled now and there's no, yeah, I just can't imagine working yeah, from home. It's so tough in that sense. And, um, uh, maybe one of you, uh, maybe one of you guys can comment on this, but I mean, I've said it to a couple of my students before where I say, um, okay, you're at home now, school's at home now. So make a distinction. Like, you know, if you're, if you are um, in a position where you can have a room that you can specifically designate as the room where you get your schoolwork done and where you do your Zoom calls and all that sort of stuff, that'll help you to separate, at least mentally, the idea of having to sort of be productive and stay on top of your school stuff versus like, you know, when you just want to sit back on the couch and watch, you know, Tiger King for four hours. Yeah. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> oh, I know. I, know. <laughs> I, I just, I just pulled one of Mr. Wade's uh, really smooth transitions. So <laughs> well, I, I think, yeah, on that note, maybe we should, uh, should move into quarantine and chill now for our next segment here. And 
Now for the segment that has deterred me from trying all 31 flavors of Baskin or Robbins original ice cream flavors. This is the Tiger King. I did my homework <laughs> for the pod this week. I have finished Tiger King. So let's just open. <laughs> let's just open it up. Oh my god. <laughs> I I don't even know. I don't even know so, what to say. <laughs> yeah, I was just I, before we go into it, um, I wanted to tell you real quick, I convinced myself this week that uh, watching Tiger King was for students to change. I like had to watch the last episode and I was like, it was like during the time I set aside for student teaching and I was like, Absolutely. well, it's for the podcast and the podcast is for student teaching. So here we go. That's awesome <laughs> justification. You should go into your student teaching portfolio. It has to. Like, 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 on it. Right. Yeah. Um, that's so crazy. Well, it's funny that you brought that up and I'm, I'm just going to be up front. Um, and I said this in the music wing the other day. I, I had no idea that there's a new episode. I still haven't even seen it. Like a new episode outside of the episodes that were released originally. And I haven't seen it yet. And apparently it's it's not supposed to answer any questions, but it does definitely like tie up some loose ends and lets you know where like people are. So long story short, I'm, I feel as if I'm a little behind the ball at the moment, but uh, I'm more interested. Matt, what do you think overall? Okay, so... <laughs> You know, I, I teach in my music and media class. We, we talk a lot. We do a whole unit on zeitgeist and like the the uh -huh. idea of like certain cultural phenomenons being associated with a a time and being shaped by the events of that time. I feel like uh -huh. I feel like Tiger King is absolutely like part of the zeitgeist of 2020 and will always be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh my God, I completely agree. These people, uh, I mean, you you think you'd like you'd be like, wow, you could not, even if you wrote this as a fictional thing, like you could not create characters that would be as out there as these actual people are, and I think that's what's like drawing people into it. It's it's wild. It's it's disturbingly fascinating is the way I, I started to put it where it's like, and again, my, my weird brain like thinks about it from like a character perspective, like in relation to a play. And that's exactly, I completely agree, Matt. It's this idea that it's just like, even the best writers in the world could not come up with this. Like, just like this, this has to be real. And if anything, yeah, uh, Zeitgeist is a great way to put that, uh, sort of having this connect to 2020. Um, it, it, it's almost hilarious that uh, amidst this whole quarantine and whatnot, this this uh, ridiculous documentary just drops as well. They're just like, oh, by the way, check this out. Like, it, it, and you know, <laughs> if you think, it, 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 yeah, it's, go ahead. It's like, you know, it's so, it's so bizarre because there's no clear villain or... <laughs> you know hero in the story like yeah no you know you, you don't really know who's good or not you, you know yeah. it's it like kind of disturbing in that way where like they're all pretty bad you know yeah yeah if you're going yeah. from the base level like character analysis perspective it's just like okay no protagonist literally like five antagonists 
and you don't feel for any of them or maybe you do and then all of a sudden you're just like oh yeah but he did also do that really terrible thing so in like the entire <laughs> thing is a meme i mean like the entire yes yes it is <laughs> And to tie it in with some of the other things happening in the world right now, I either read or watched uh, some resource that said that Joe Exotic has been tested positive for coronavirus. Yes, I've heard this as well. Which is nuts. It's just like everything is tied it's together. It's absolutely now. insane. And to uh, 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 you know, then it's one of those where you know, again, I'm so uh, I'm so into this show. And maybe this is what's wrong with society. Maybe I'm what's wrong with society. But in my mind, I'm just like, somebody get a camera in that prison, man. We gotta, we gotta talk to this guy. Like, we gotta see how he's dealing with all of this. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm. I guess I'm glad that I uh, d devoted the time. I, I, it's definitely time I'll never get back. But you know, <laughs> um, it's. It, I, I think you're absolutely right in relation to the historical significance. So I think you're doing your due diligence as a human being. At the yeah, moment. it is. It is definitely part of the zeitgeist of 2020. Um, God, that's so funny. So other things that I've been doing. Um, I uh, have been revisiting the world of Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, Video -wise, I, I actually restarted the game um just because it's such an open world and um you know i i love the idea of <laughs> being able to explore again so like you know uh <laughs> yeah i can't literally go explore but you know and I, I understand like the draw of these open world games even more so now that i've uh you know been in in quarantine here for for however many weeks this is um so that's been really cool and um i think i may have mentioned this before but uh i've been you know kind of re-delving into the marvel cinematic universe and uh trying to re-watch re some things me too yeah. and i love it you know it's, <laughs> i mean it, it's such a great escape like talk about characters and like you know facing crazy apocalyptic events you know there's nothing quite like the mcu to kind of bring that out so uh and then finally you know <laughs> boy this is a rabbit hole um you know we i made a uh even before the thing happened uh, i i had made a music department tiktok and <laughs> what you know talk about like going into a new a, a new world like there's actually a tiktok that says like um uh yeah i don't belong here yeah that's that's definitely me when i like scroll through it um <laughs> we can we can talk more about that i think somebody else is meant is going to mention uh tiktok as well but uh that's my quarantine and chill for the week <laughs> um oh my god that's so funny um uh, the first thing on my quarantine and chill was also tiger king updates and um so yeah i will i will do do my uh civic duty and watch that final episode and we'll have a lot more to say about that next week for sure um and just to go off of what Matt was saying, um, yeah, I, I love the idea of going back and rewatching the Marvel movies. As some of you guys know, I'm a massive comic book nerd. Um, and it's one of those things, though, uh, and I literally even wrote this down, and I'm glad that somebody highlighted it. Um, <laughs> we, we make like a little um, itinerary for these podcasts, and I literally wrote, why can't I stop rewatching things? 
<laughs> so, so, um, so at this point, it's like, yes, I do love the idea of revisiting the MCU because uh, those are some of my favorite movies of all time, and uh, some of the some of my most favorite characters, especially being realized in a uh, live action format. So awesome. At the same time, it's like I find myself uh, rewatching shows that I used to watch a long time ago. Like, uh, for example, uh, I restarted Arrested Development this week. I've been watching spontaneous episodes of uh, Scrubs, which is one of my favorite shows ever. But yeah, it's it, it's one of those things where, and um, if anybody wants to comment on this, yeah, it, I don't know. And maybe it's me personally, but it's just like outside of watching new things, I just continue to rewatch old things. So I don't know. Does anybody else, does anybody else find themselves doing that? Yeah, I, oh, yes. I I think it's a comfort thing. It's like you know preparing your your favorite dish to go back to something we were talking about earlier. You know, there's something very yeah. comforting about about rewatching something that you know what's going to happen, but you still know that it's a great experience. Um, you know, yeah. I don't know. That's why I, that's how I think of it. Yeah, I was just gonna tie that in with my quarantine and chill for the week because I've been rewatching um, well a lot of Parks and Rec, but that's like constant for me. Um, Community. <laughs> which is yeah. one, of, one of like the best shows I think ever written. I, I maybe I'm biased, but like it's a it's underrated a special. Yes. So underrated. Yeah. So if you, um, if you're a fan of like Rick and Morty, that's something he's done. more. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's also a hilarious, great show, different reasons. Um, I won't get into that this week, but community was like, his sort of like, I feel like big breakout moment and the writing in it is, so fantastic it is so smartly written it's so funny um mm. and i think it's really cool to see some of these actors who are big big names now who kind of got their start there like the donald glovers um allison brie um joel McHale, who was sort of big before it and then this was a big thing for him and actually and then you have like chevy chase is in that too right yeah, chevy chase. yeah it's it's just such a great cast it's so it's so wonderful uh, and I was just going to say, Joe McHale, if you are watching the Tiger King, that little special, he's the one that hosts the little after school special interviewing everyone, seeing where they are now. And ah, see, I, need to, I need to see this. I need to see yeah, this. You never do because his biting sarcasm <laughs> is just lovely and I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, <laughs> but that, that being aside, I have one sort of like, this is like not, it's not as upbeat as everything else has been. It's a little more real and heavy topic, but it's something that I did this week. Um, so I read a book and it's a, I, I just ordered a few books and the book is called Man's Search for Meaning. Uh, it's by Viktor Frankl, who was a psychiatrist and he lived through um, the Holocaust. He was a Holocaust survivor, having survived the uh, Nazi concentration camps of World War II. Um, and the book is an account of the prisoners' lives as they're going through these obviously horrific experiences that we all are very aware of nowadays. Um, but more interestingly to me, the, the psyches of the prisoners themselves, um, the guards, the wardens, uh, everyone that was sort of involved with camp and the sort of psychological dynamics that were going on there, uh, which is a really interesting take because I had never really read anything that sort of took it from that tact before. Uh, and the ultimate question he sort of is like proposing with his book is, 
can people hold on to that part of themselves that keeps them human, uh, even when confronted with the worst, most horrible conditions? And can they find meaning in their lives, even when confronted with those conditions? Uh, and the answer he comes to is yes, amazingly. Through, somehow, through all of it, uh, he, he, there, he just discusses a bunch of petty topics uh, like um, spiritual freedom, altruism, a lot about suffering, some very interesting things on suffering, and then ultimately liberty and the sort of liberty you find even as a prisoner, something that seems maybe contradictory, having liberty as a prisoner, but the decisions that you still have and that you can make over your own body when you have almost no other autonomy. Um, so fascinating, really, really fascinating, very, very happy read, but a lot of really, really interesting nuggets that I think could also be applied to sort of our situation now in a very, in a, in a slightly, slightly connected way. Obviously, it's very, very different than the Holocaust, but, you know, our, <laughs> like, hopefully, like, yeah, I'm not trying to say that we're in the Holocaust now, obviously, but like, <laughs> but, like, the sort of loss of autonomy that we have and that we're all suffering, I think, gives us some pause and some reason to reflect. That's awesome. I totally got to check that out. Um, going back to TikTok <laughs> um, after that. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm 21 and I feel like TikTok I, I just makes me feel old, <laughs> uh, which is, Welcome which is to crazy. The I grew up, uh, yeah. <laughs> Like in high school, um, people were like obsessed with Vine, yes! um, which is similar. But I think the big difference between like Vine and TikTok is I feel like a lot of comedians have come out of Vine who have moved on to YouTube, which is why I mentioned it, because I've been watching a lot of um, Drew Gooden and Danny Gonzalez, who are both um, like mid-20s YouTubers who started on Vine with short comedic videos and have now moved to YouTube and they're both like commentary channels and they're both really funny. Um, which makes me like a little confused about TikTok because I know it's like kind of karaoke and I've watched some of it and the people who are stars who have come from TikTok, it's just interesting to me because I don't, that in terms of like talent, I feel like Vine at least brought a lot of comedians up to the surface. Um, and then people like Jake Paul and Logan Paul, who are kind of awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> but TikTok, I, I see some of the famous TikTokers, I feel like they don't really do anything. But <laughs> yeah, they just kind of do like one little, like like they hit yeah. the low or something, and then they get like 15 million likes. And it's, it's just interesting to me in terms of like celebrities and, and talent and Maybe it's just because I don't use TikTok. Like, I don't understand it, but... It's so funny that you bring that up, Isabel, because it's just like, that was the first thing that I said when I heard that TikTok came out. I was like, so it's Vine. Yeah. And then whoever I was talking to was like, no, 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 it's not Vine. It's like different. And then I like watched a couple TikToks and I was like, this is Vine. <laughs> I yeah. was like, it's not, it's, not as well, it's not as well done as Vine was, in my opinion. But at the same time, this is Vine. It's like a 20 second to 30 second clip that's supposed to be a joke. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I think Vine I think Vine was a lot cleaner. Like Vine was a little bit more crisp and a little bit yes, more direct. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Something that can something think, that can get done in like 10 seconds. Yeah, but like I feel like TikTok mm -hmm. is I, I think Isabel you hit the nail on the head. It's 
<laughs> it's um there's not a lot of talent going on there. <laughs> also i'd like uh, you to say i see all the time kids doing the tiktok dances like everywhere i go most often when i'm driving in my car going somewhere i'll see someone driving towards me the opposite way and it's a kid in the passenger seat doing these crazy things and i'm like they're doing a tiktok dance and it's everywhere we were walking the other day we were up in um up near uh oh sorry where was it uh concord lexington up there yeah and, yeah, yeah and we were going through the minutemen park and literally we were strolling through the park like in the middle of the park and this family comes through and it's like a like a, a line of these three children all doing different TikTok dances. <laughs> like, where are we? What's happening? <laughs> Yet another sign of, of the zeitgeist apocalypse. I was, literally, I was literally yeah. just I was literally just gonna say that because it, you're talking about Lexington and Concord, Mikey, and like being like, oh, uh, we went because uh, you guys went to go to Walden, and it's just like nothing is sacred anymore. Yep. <laughs> it's just like I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Walden and just hit the wall all day. Like, <laughs> let's disregard what Soro did here. I want to do a TikTok dance. <laughs> I don't know. I sound. I uh, that, this is the other thing, and I'm so glad that you said that it makes you feel old because I'm sorry, guys. It really, even just saying that right now, I'm like, yeah, uh, God, get off your porch, old man. Like, jeez. Uh, that's also that's also me being incredibly cynical. But what can you do? I was gonna say on a on a different note, uh, my Animal Crossing island hit three stars, which means that. A.K. Slider, the famous singing dog, <laughs> did a did a concert on my island. It sounds like a big deal. Um, I'm really happy which is for what you. happens. I'm really glad it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it, it means that, like the, um, I guess the the quest or the goal of the game has kind of ended, and now you get um, once that happens, you get a terraforming ability, which means you get to change the layout of your island. You can destroy cliffs, build cliffs make rivers, um, stuff like that. So that was cool. Um, I was happy once I hit that. Uh, I have one villager I'm trying to get rid of because um, he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> but <laughs> So I've been, I've been doing that. Um, and then I finished the Hunger Games this week. Um, and then I also watched one and two. I have to watch parts, um, the two parts of the third movie um, at some point this week. But I actually posted about it, specifically about the third book, because I was upset. I've read this series before. I don't think I read the third book all the way through, because I was reading the middle of it, and I was like, I don't remember any of this. So I think when I first read it, I got annoyed and just skipped to the last chapter, because I didn't remember anything that happened. <laughs> and so uh, I posted somewhere online that I was like really irritated with how the book ended, and it was, like, a bunch of my friends who had, like, 2010, like, angst. Like, I got more interaction on that post than I have, like, posting about my boyfriend or posting about, like, school stuff. A bunch of people were commenting. They're like, I agree. The ending was crushed. And people are like, Chris died, and I'm angry about it. And it was just very entertaining to see, like, six different comments. And all these people were like, Oh, I haven't been frustrated about this since 2010. <laughs> <laughs> That's so hilarious. So, you know, I, not not to detract, I, I think I saw something on Instagram today that was like, I think I saw it on Nerdist that they're going to do like a prequel or something. Yes, about uh, President Snow and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. And then um, 
I when I first read the book series, I was like Team Gale. She should have ended up with Gale. I was like very Team Gale. And the second time I read it through, I was like, because back then, like 2010s, it was like the Twilight, so it was all about the love triangles, the like Team Edward, Team Jacob thing. Um, <laughs> but when I when I reread it this time, I was like, Peter's just so kind and nice, and he's kind of her opposite, and that's where it works. Whereas Gail is too similar to her and has too much of a of a like wants to fight the man and and stuff. So I I reread it and I was upset with Mockingjay because Peta was um, like crazy because of the capital like took him and stuff. Uh, but I was just mad at the end. The first two books have such a focus on Peta and Katniss's relationship, and then to to have the end of the book just be um, they're like oh the second to last chapter they were barely friends and now at the end they're talking about how they're in love again and I was like well I would have liked to known how he worked through you know being tormented by the capital and how she worked through all her stuff instead of just slamming it together at the end because I, I just feel like that would have been so much more interesting to read um but yeah that was my thought, my thoughts on that. I'll have to find another book series from childhood to reread and get upset about again ten years later. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've been applying to jobs. Um, I check school spring every day. I've applied to about eleven now. Um, so I haven't heard anything. None of my friends have heard anything from any public schools. Um, only my friends have heard from private schools and out of state, but nothing public. So. I just check school school spring every day, see if something pops up. Um, I remember, I remember those vibes. Doing. I remember doing that. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Just, just keep at it. Just keep at it. Something's gonna pop up and it's gonna come through. Oh yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah. Literally. It's like a it's like a daily endeavor at that yep. point. I feel for you, girl. <laughs> so yes, that's about it. That's what I've been up to. All right. Well let's um let's go on to our album artist of the week segment. And um Mikey, you wanna lead us off? Yeah, totally. I'll try to keep this brief. Um, some pieces and music that has come into my life this week. Uh, one of my favorite, absolute favorite, like top five, I would say, uh, compositions, choral compositions, uh, is by Rick Bon Williams. Uh, he's actually one of my favorite composers, and it's a Don Anobis Pachim. Um, oh my God! Oh, you know it? I, I, yeah, I I performed that. Uh, I I I performed that for all state. I think senior year. Oh, uh, which part of it? Do you remember? Uh, um, uh, what is it? Or uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm spacing on it right yeah, now. Yeah. But it, yeah, no, don't know beast Pachem. Oh my God! Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. No, That's amazing. Yeah, no, I'm so glad. I'm glad that you know it. Like it's it's you should all listen to it, and hopefully that reaction is enough to spur you all to go listen to uh, it. It's <laughs> an amazing piece of music. Um, it's it's a little on the lengthier side. It's a whole thing is 40 minutes, but um, well worth a listen. Uh, and then in other kind of music, uh, someone that has come back into my life, uh, Regina Spector. Oddly enough. I heard her on a commercial and it just threw me back because in high school, like this is back like 2005, 2006, um, I kind of discovered her and I was really, really interested in her music. Um, but granted, I was re I'm only really interested in her early stuff. That might be making kind of like a hipster, but like I really only like her like early, early albums before she got preach, preach, <laughs> preach. She's so good. <laughs> so those, those albums included um, 11, 11, which came out in 2001, and Songs, which was 2002. 
which are sort of like albums that she was releasing in the New York City area at local music gatherings, like very much like self-produced. But that sort of rock quality is what I really like about it. It's just her and acoustic piano for most of the stuff. And it's awesome. Um, Some of my favorite songs, if you want to take a listen, Back of a Truck, Braille, Pavlov's Daughter, Oedipus, uh, Daniel Kalman, all great songs. And that kind of goes in order from like most happy and upbeat to like most weird and depressing. So take it in that <laughs> order or maybe go in the opposite order. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been listening to this week. That's so crazy. Well, it, it, uh, to go off of what you're saying, Mikey, yeah, our uh, our music tastes this week are, are, I'm so in support of what you have on yours. Don't Anobis, obviously gorgeous um regina specter man i haven't listened to her music yeah like same thing like since like high school um but god she's so good her voice is so cool and um beautiful yeah and i remember the time of that that she sort of came around she came over um to the states after playing shows with the strokes which i was i'm also like a huge fan of the strokes and so all of a sudden they were doing music together. And then um, uh, the Strokes label, I think, picked up Regina Spector too. Like, oh, such amazing music just to sort of double down on that. Um, but yeah, no, um, uh, one thing that I did want to bring up really quickly just at the be- or at the beginning here is, um, and I think I've talked about this before, is the difference between listening to music and listening to podcasts. Like you're, you're listening to our podcast right now. So um, obviously, people enjoy listening to podcasts. I'm a huge podcast um, fan and lots of different types of podcasts. It's just weird during this time. uh, I guess it's like day by day. Some days I'll just only listen to podcasts and then other days I'll listen to music. But um, maybe we can talk a little bit more about that if you guys uh, are feeling the same way. But uh, from my albums, Artists of the Week type thing... um, uh, John Prine, singer-songwriter who uh, recently passed away, uh, which was very unfortunate. He's somebody that I've sort of been reconnecting with uh, recently, uh, specifically the song Speed of the Sound of Loneliness. Uh, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a tearjerker, but at the same time, I'm a, I'm a big, mushy, emotional guy. So um, I really do love that song. And more importantly, any of the John Prine stuff I would recommend for anybody who's interested in like... Uh, singer songwriter type vibe old old school folk stuff for sure um i've also reconnected with my favorite all-time favorite tom waits album night hawks at the diner and it's amazing because it's all recorded it was recorded in a live uh diner an actual live diner where they uh invited some random audience members in to listen to tom waits play and they just recorded the whole thing this was in like the mid to late seventies, I'm pretty sure. So it was crazy for them to even come at it from that perspective. And the music on it is fantastic. It's so theatrical. He's like playing a character and doing little monologues and cuts in between songs and everything. If, if you have the time, whoever you are, whoever's listening, um, Tom Waits, Nighthawks at the diner, do yourself a favor. Um, I've been listening to some Anderson Pock, specifically Ventura, uh, which is some really solid stuff. I love Anderson Pock uh, because he is a drummer as well as like a frontman, which has always been my favorite thing uh, for anybody who knows the band. 
Um, one of my favorite musicians of all time is Levon Helm, who was the band's drummer and also lead singer, which I just think is the coolest thing in the world. But listening to some Anderson Pac, and then also just making music during quarantine. Um, I've actually, uh, obviously, myself and Mr. Wade and Mr. Harden have come together to uh, make a song, and we're thinking about doing another one relatively soon. At the same time, it's just like I've definitely been enjoying being able to sit down and reconnect with um, instruments that I haven't picked up in a while. Uh, I'm trying to figure out where my trumpet is, but I can't seem to find it. <laughs> so for me, uh, I've I've been uh, kind of going in a bunch of different directions. Uh, the first thing that I've been really listening to a lot is an album called Light Eternal. It's the choral music of Morton Lauridson. Um, and specific, specifically oh. on that, um, his third nocturne, which is sure on the shining night is one of my favorite pieces of music. Oh, it's so good. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, Mysterium. Uh, and then there's a, a, a song that I didn't know until I found this album called where have the actors gone, which is also really, really interesting. Uh, Ooh. uh, from the jazz standpoint of things, I've rediscovered one of my favorite albums of all time, which is Clifford Brown with Strings, which came out in 1955 uh, with Clifford Brown on trumpet playing um, and arrangements uh, by Neil Hefty, who is one of the great um, arrangers of, you know, the, the mid 20th century. Um, and then finally, sort of like maybe a less expected uh, album would be uh, Fiona Apple's new album called Fetch the Bolt Cutters. It came out. Oh my God. Uh, yes. April 17th. Um, she recorded it like literally in her house during quarantine. Um, so it's mm -hmm. got like a very kind of garage band sound to it. And it's really, really cool. Um, so awesome. uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's very current. It just came out on, on the 17th. So check that one out. I dig her. I'm going to go listen to that today. I love that. I didn't know she came yeah. out on the album. I've literally heard from friends that I haven't heard from in a while, literally just to say, listen to that album. <laughs> also uh, my, my rock band from high school, uh, we were just uh, kind of reconnecting over um you know, Facebook or whatever. And I think we're going to do a, uh, a revamped cover of our album that we came out with in high school. So, Oh my God. Yes. So, uh, look, look for the remaster of, uh, Aunt Floppy's farm coming, coming soon. We need a reunion tour. We need a reunion tour. I will manage it. I, I, I will do it. Um, I rediscovered a lot of music going, um, going up to Amherst a few days ago because I had to sign one form in person to get out of my lease, um, in the middle of May. So I had to drive all the way to Western Mass and all the way back in one day. Oof. So I, um, I rediscovered Waitress, which is, um, a Broadway musical written by, um, the music is all Sarah Bareilles. Um, it's amazing. Um, I love it. I saw it 2018 um, off Broadway in Pittsburgh, and it's super awesome. So I've been I listened re listened to that and it's such a hoot. Um, and it has a lot of emotional moments, a lot of funny moments. Um, yeah, I, I great, love that show. Such an awesome show. Uh, for some reason, I love like some oboe concertos. Um, I don't listen to a lot of like different instrument stuff. If I listen to anything classical, I often listen to flute 
stuff or to full um, symphonies. But for some reason, this one oboe concerto by Vaughn Williams, um, oboe concerto in A minor, is like such a bop. Um, what I've heard my friends play it for certain things, um, and it's like super catchy. And I find myself like whistling it and stuff. Um, and yeah, it's just it's cool. Um, AJR is one of my favorite current artists. Um, I think they're awesome. They like don't have a music label or anything. They produce everything by themselves and like mix everything by themselves. And yet they've gone on like world tours. Uh, I think they're all brothers. Uh, but their new song "Bang" is super awesome. Uh, their album "Neo Theater" that came out was was awesome. A lot of their songs have messages. Um, in their recent album "Neo Theater," they take pieces of songs like references from other songs on their album and put them in different songs. And so sometimes on Instagram, they'll be like, how many references to other songs did we put in this song? And they like throw in stuff like that, a little like scavenger hunt kind of thing. And it's, it's super cool. I really like them. Um, I think they're one of the coolest bands right now um, in this generation in terms of doing stuff all on their own. They do electronics, they throw in, um, like instrumental stuff and everything they do is like super catchy. So yeah. Uh, Isabel, if you have a chance, there's something floating around Facebook. It's like an oboe concerto with like those rubber chicken uh, electronic things. And <laughs> oh my gosh, I think it's, I've seen that. It is amazing. You have to you have to watch it. Speaking of oboe concertos. I think it's a somebody did the Mozart and it's like it's really good. <laughs> I'll have to check it out again. <laughs> All right, so uh, uh, let's go with some quarantine quotes for the week. Okay. Um, oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say I didn't actually write mine down in the document here, but um, especially in relation to where we are at today, my friends, and where we are going to be moving forward. Um, there's a poem that uh, is personally one of my favorites ever written. Uh, it's by this uh, poet named Jim Carroll. Uh, it's very short, and literally uh, it's called Little Ode on St. Anne's Day. So I'm just going to read that. Um, <clears throat> it goes like this. You're growing up, and rain sort of remains on the branches of a tree that will someday rule the earth. And that's good, that there's rain. It clears the month of your sorry rainbow expressions and clears the streets of the silent armies so we can dance. And um, uh, the reason why I love this poem and not to go off on any sort of a tangent here, um, we are all growing. We are all trying to work through this in our own particular way. And if anything, uh, major things happen in our lives to sort of set us up for uh, different times and future things in our lives as well. So ultimately, whatever you're dealing with at the moment, whether it be the school stuff, whether it be family things, whether it be medical, anything that you're sort of dealing with at the moment, know that it, it is momentary and know that these things that uh, we sort of get through will lead us on to better days moving forward. So um, not to be cheesy or anything, but I look forward to the days where we can quote unquote dance again, my friends. So that's my quote for the day. Okay. I love that. Um, 
I have a couple for you this week. Um, the first comes from Leonard Bernstein. It's the artists of the world, the feelers and thinkers who will ultimately save us, who can articulate, educate, defy, insist, sing and shout about the big dreams. And my second one comes from the aforementioned Harry Potter series um, by the one and only Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore. Happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one remembers to turn on the light. Wow. You know, I think Dumbledore and Bernstein would have gotten along very, very well. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see those two in a room together. Um, I have one quote. It's from Viktor Frankl, whose book I talked about earlier. Um, It goes like this. We must never forget that we may also find meaning in life, even when confronted with a hopeless situation, when facing a fate that cannot be changed. For what then matters is to bear witness to the uniquely human potential at its best, which is to transform a personal tragedy into a triumph, to turn one's predicament into a human achievement. When we are no longer able to change the situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. My quote, I just wanted to pick something that I thought kind of um, encapsulated everything that was was happening. Um, so I, I found one by John Lennon. Life is what happens when you're making other plans. And I think that everyone probably feels that a little bit right now. Um, you know, making plans for the future and then having all of a sudden everything kind of stopped dead in our tracks for a while. Um, yeah, and I, John Lennon says a lot of a cool stuff. There's a lot of really interesting quotes by him if you ever look up John Lennon quotes, but I like that I one. love that one too. It's a great song. <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah. That's a great one. Very good. All right, friends. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, our theme music as is composed by uh, Peter Bell, class of 2020. Shout out to Dustin Lindsay for his Tiger King intro theme. It's- Thank you, Dustin. It is impeccable. Uh, Thank you all for joining us this week, and uh, we'll see you again next Wednesday. Take care, everybody. Bye, guys. Stay well. Bye.